What's up, hockey fans, and welcome back to the Good Goal Podcast. This is episode 38, and it's the last day of March already. My name is Christian Brady in Clemson, South Carolina, and that's Matt Tiart across town wearing the classroom colors once again. Matt, what's going on? What's up? Orange Polo makes a comeback. Pumped. Um, our weekly sponsor plug this week is see if I can find it. Dunder Mifflin, the people, persons, yeah, paper, Dun- people, Dunder sure. Mifflin. Um, Dunder Mifflin, sponsor us. Dunder Mifflin, sponsor us. Yeah. Dunder Mifflin I would say Sabre, uh, Sabre should sponsor us, but we don't like Sabres on this podcast, first of all. And second of all, I'm pretty sure Sabre went out of business. So the same way that the, the Sabres team should probably go out of business. I don't think they yeah, win a high school hockey league this year. Yeah, and we talk about them later. But yeah, anyway, definitely Dunder Mifflin sponsor. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's a rainy day here, right. Matt. It's just kind of dreary all day. Also, I got tons of work to do. It's just like, I'm glad I get to do the podcast. So actually, for the first time all day, I get to talk about something I like. Uh, we played golf yesterday. Um, I shot in the 80s for like yeah. maybe the first time ever. So I beat Christian once again, thanks to my ridiculously high handicap. So life's good. Yeah, I don't even know how many strokes I give him, but I know it's more than 14, which is what I beat him by. So yeah. Um, yeah, busy month, April coming up. Shout out Pops, uh, Mark T. Art's birthday who is actually a sponsor of the podcast on the market yeah. management. Yeah. His birthday is Friday. So wow. he turns 29 again. Good for him. So. <laughs> okay. Let's get it going. Um, let's talk about title town, Boston. Cause the Boston pride oh, of the Isabel cup. It just continued the streak. I mean, for my entire life, Boston has been the sports Mecca. And it just continues. They beat the Minnesota Whitecaps 4-3 to three to win the NWHL on Saturday at Warrior Ice Arena. It's their second championship in the league's four-year history, five-year history, uh, since they won the inaugural season in 2016. Uh, just some record-setting moments in, the, in the, um, this tournament. All three of the playoff games had all-female officiating crews. And newly appointed Mayor Kim Janey, who is the first woman and the first black mayor of Boston, she dropped the ceremonial first puck in the, during the championship. The overall message from the league, from the players, from all the teams was this was an extremely difficult season. They had to go on multiple pauses for positive tests, but they managed to grow throughout it, and they're excited for the future. I think we can all agree with that. Hockey, we want to grow in every single direction, and that for sure includes the NWHL. So I'm happy that they had a successful end to their season. Yeah, I was rooting for the Minnesota Whitecaps. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, hockey's growing anyway. Um, the fact that someone like Austin Matthews came out of the middle of the desert in Arizona just means that the sport is growing. Um, women's sports is on the rise anyway. So when you met, when you uh, combine women's sports on the rise, hockey on the rise, women's hockey – double on the rise so this is awesome plus the women's they have great names they have great jerseys yeah as far as the teams so yeah i I love the nwhl and they're all such great personalities um 
we talked to, I don't know. No, we didn't talk about the Lamro twins, but I actually did like a mini project on them. Um, Cause they just recently retired and they did like a vlog when they were in the, the world championships. I think, I don't think they did in the Olympics, but um, still it was cool. Uh, they definitely wear their emotions on their sleeves, which is, you know, awesome. Whenever men's and I, I keep calling it the NW NMHL, whenever the NMHL players do that, we love it. And we talk about it on the pod all the time. So when players can like really have a personality outside of hockey, that makes it all the more mm-hmm. interesting. For sure. Okay. Let's talk about a little more hockey. That is not NHL news. The frozen four of the NCAA is set. Uh, the two semifinal games will happen on April 8th at five and nine. And those two games are Minnesota state against St. Cloud state at 5. PM. And then the UMass minute men will take on Minnesota Duluth at 9. PM. Uh, let's just talk about all these teams routes. First of all, UMD who won in no contest against Michigan in the first round beat North Dakota three to two in the longest game in NCAA hockey tournament history. It went to five overtimes before UMD finally broke through and upset the favorites to win this tournament, despite the fact that UMD has won the last two times. Um, I didn't get to watch a game, but I saw the highlights and it just seemed electric. College hockey's the best. And all the attention goes on to college basketball, which of course I understand. Um, but just watching college sports is such a different vibe. And you and I say this about NCAA football versus the NFL all the time. Uh, the cliche is that the kids care more, and I don't know if that's fully it, but it definitely makes a difference because I just find college sports so much more exciting some of the time, and college hockey is uh, no exception. It's so fun to watch. Yeah, college sports in general is, to me, always better. Um, not only do the players care more, I think that's true. The environment, uh, the fans, the the people who, you know, I'm, I'm wearing this shirt because I, my family has spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on an education. Like there's so much more invested in college athletics. Um, I don't know if hockey yeah. is the best example because hockey players t- like always, not always, most of the time, you know, wear their emotions on their sleeves. That's why they play the game. Um, you know, the best example, we talk about it every episode is Gretzky going, you're going to pay me that much to play hockey. Um, but I mean, you see it in miracle. Why'd you want to play college hockey? Like it's so different. Um, so yeah, I watched, I watched the last 10 minutes of this game. North Dakota scored, I believe it was two, six on five goals to force overtime. Um, and then, yeah, uh, I think Minnesota Duluth, I, I was flipping back and forth because I was watching steep a get slept by the strongest puncher in human history, Francis Ngannou. Um, and I think Minnesota Duluth had a goal call back in like the second overtime and then ended up winning it the fifth overtime. So then knocking out my pick to win the national championship. But Minnesota Duluth, we were talking about it when you bought me dinner on Monday in the dining hall. Um, <laughs> they don't know how to lose. Like they have juniors on the team that, don't know what it's like to not win a national championship. That's that's insane. Um, yeah. I don't see them losing. I, I think they they three beat. Wow. Okay. Bold prediction. Although it's not really that bold. But yeah, and especially Matt, college hockey. Uh, when you compare it to football and basketball, 
uh, it's not even the main feeder into the NHL. So on an even grander scale, this is the like this is what all these hockey players have played their entire lives for because mm-hmm. they're not going on to the next level. And college hockey continues to grow in that way in that, what is it, 10% of the NHL is now college hockey players. But, I mean, you talk about the NBA and NCAA. I mean, the NBA and the NFL. NFL, I think it's probably 100%. 99% and the NBA is probably close to 80, 85. So um, even then the cream of the crop are the ones that are moving on to the next level. And most of the guys on the team are the ones who this is the last game they're going to play potentially if they lose, at least for the seniors. So it's what they live for. It makes it so much more interesting. Um, I think it deserves to be, you know, get more attention. It's so fun to watch. Yeah. For sure. That's such a good point. Like when you think about March madness, um, I mean, the NBA drafts only two rounds. Like when you think about March madness, 68 teams start that tournament, you get two playing games. How many of those teams have guys that are going to the NBA? Like maybe four of them. Like when you think about it, um, the, the nation's leading scorer, Max Aveness plays on Oral Roberts. No one heard of him until this tournament. So, like, that's even exaggerated more on in hockey because you have the WHL, because you have the OHL, because you have the KHL, because, like, every right. other country other than us has a farm system or, a like, academy system, whereas we have college. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, that, and that is the reason why we suck so bad at soccer because everybody else has academy systems and they play the best of the best of the best you know, growing up and we're playing college shot. Like it's a joke. Um, that's why I want to get into that. And I, I've know, heard, I know. And it's I've, no, 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 no. I've heard multiple explanations on why USA soccer isn't good and it completely makes sense. And I understand it, but God, they got to find a way to do better. I don't care. Like no matter, no excuse is good enough. You could tell me that the entire starting team died. Like you're the, you're the USA. You have to play in the Olympics. Okay, so, yeah, I know. We missed our third Olympics in a row. Um, and CONCACAF, which is a joke across the world. I mean, when we're playing European teams, we have an excuse because they have about a 400-year right. head start. There's no reason we should be losing to Trinidad and Tobago. There's no reason we should be losing to Costa Rica. They don't have the funding. We do, and yet we still lose to them. We lost, we lost to Honduras, right? And that's – the game that we needed to win to make it right in 18 or this no, year, this year. Oh yeah. The U 23 team. Yeah. But that's yeah. who plays in the Olympics, which I don't even understand that at all. Also our best players right now are playing in Europe are all under 23, but Pulisic. they're not in the Olympics. McKinney. No, because it's not it's worth because our They time. need to prepare for the yeah. World Cup. Neymar yeah. who at the time in 20, what was it? 2016 was the third highest played soccer player in the entire world played on his U23 Brazil team. Yeah. And guess what? They won the gold because it matters. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. Back to hockey. So, yeah. Hockey's better. We suck at soccer. USA is winning the gold next February because <laughs> yeah. NHL players are allowed to be in it. But imagine if go. NHL had the same mentality that the Olympics don't matter. We're worried about winning the Stanley Cup. They did I mean, last year. The last Olympics, and it was embarrassing. I know. We saw that. We got trashed yeah. by, like, Russian C teams because their entire starting team was out because of steroids. So, 
Yeah, they made it though, didn't they? <laughs> right. I mean, don't we? Don't we always? But anyway, uh, yeah. yeah. All right. Anyways, uh, yeah. There's also every single country in the world fields a national soccer team, and there's probably 32 national hockey teams. Right. Either way, you can't really compare. UMass. They coast in with two four-goal wins against Lake Superior and Bemidji State, so they'll take on the reigning champion, UMD, um, on April 8th. The other game is Minnesota State and St. Cloud State. Minnesota State upset their rival and the third-ranked team in the country, Minnesota. They beat them 4-0 in the semifinals uh, after a 4-3 tight win over late edition Quinnipiac, Connecticut school. And St. Cloud State breezed in with multi-goal wins at as well. Um, they played both top Boston teams, BU and BC, beat them six to two and four and to one in that order. Wrecked both of them. Yep. Um, they took care of yeah, business this, against this the, the The Frozen Four is being played in uh, PPG in Pittsburgh. Right. So I looked at tickets to go next weekend, and it's 300 bucks for both of us to go all. all all three games. So let's do it. Yeah, except like you miss half your assignments. You plunk out of school right before you graduate. But who cares about that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> only 36 days till graduation. Okay, let's get into the NHL because there's been a, I don't want to say blockbuster trade, but there has been at least a notable trade in the last week. Montreal acquired Eric Stahl from the Buffalo Sabres for third and fifth round picks. I have in the notes. Congrats to Eric Stahl on escaping from the burning building because he, I mean, I, he would so much rather sit in the center bell and watch the games from the press box and not even touch the ice than be on Buffalo right now. I fully believe that God, what a dumpster fire they are. Um, wow. So Eric Stahl has been moved around twice this year already. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if he moved, gets moved again before Monday, April 12th, which is a trade deadline. Next week's episode is going to be crazy because we're going to, yeah. we're going to be gearing up all the trade rumors. Yeah. So there's um, already some flying around and I uh, consider putting it in this episode, but we're just going to devote an hour next week to talking about the players on the market and the teams who are looking to buy and sell. So that'll be a fun episode. How about Eric Stahl leaving? I mean, you put it nicely, escaping a burning building. I would say Eric Stahl won the lottery. Yeah. Uh, that's how big of a deal this is because the Sabres have lost 18 in a row, uh, extending their lead or their record for most losses in a row in the shootout era. But they are now tied with the 0304 Penguins for losing. Longest losing streak in NHL history. Yep, it stands at 18 games. And they were up 3 nothing in the third period on Philadelphia on Tuesday. Of course, blew the lead, lost in overtime. No, not even, right? They lost in regulation? No, they lost, no, in, they overtime. lost in overtime. Yeah, they lost in overtime. But they allowed two six. Uh, I think, Prover, I think so. Provorov scored five-hole. It was honestly a terrible goal. I forget if it was uh, Hutton or Olmark. Doesn't really matter. They're interchangeably bad. But but yeah, that's yeah, such a bad um, team. That... Three up three nothing with 13 minutes left to go in the third. Um, dumpster fire is an understatement. 
It's the only way to say it. Um, okay. So they lost Congrats to, to the Flyers on almost losing to the worst team of all time and then barely beating them. Philly is – they're unraveling as we speak. And one of the moves that marks that unravelment, not a word, Shane Goss is barely placed <laughs> on waivers. Um, and he cleared waivers today at, at noon. Uh, he carries a cap hit of $4.5 million. So if he carried a cap hit of $1 million, he would have been snatched up by the first team that could get him. But that's a lot to pay for a guy with 11 points this year, which isn't terrible for a defenseman. And that's six goals, which is, um, you know, up there with the league lead. But he's been benched on three occasions this season for lack of defensive production. Elaine Vigneault, the coach, said um, of the move that he expected him to clear waivers. We know that that he did. And that he'd either join Lehigh Valley or more likely join the taxi squad. And he would be given the opportunity to earn his way back into the lineup. But the main reason for this move is that he's not producing defensively. So they can use the time, this, uh, you know, waiving him to cut about three and a half million dollars worth of cap, which they could probably use to pick up a big piece, um, combining it with whatever they have remaining in the cap space at the trade deadline. So I have to yeah, assume so- that's why they're doing this. I saw this was um, strictly for clearing cap space to make a big move at the deadline. Um, That's what I saw. It makes sense. But I did see in – well, it had to have been an NBC.com article about Gossip Spare's $4.5 million AAV – is because he got paid a lot up front. So the remaining AAV on his, uh, he's got two years left, would be 3.2. Um, that's significantly less, 25% less than yeah, four and a half. But so. it's something with NHL contracts where the AAV is different than, or no, the AAV cap hit is different than what the guy's actually being paid. So his cap hit will remain at 4.5. Yeah. But him himself was probably getting seven, eight million a couple of years ago, and he's. Not but you got to think if if he gets moved, Philly's going to retain some of his. Probably yeah salary. So um, I, I like him. Um, I mean, he was yeah, so I good in too. college. And he's only twenty seven years old now. Matt, um, he's still a good puck moving defenseman. He got hurt a lot last year, but they said he's recovered well this year. He's showing flashes of old, of his old self. He just can't put the defensive game together. Yeah, I mean, the whole team is struggling with that right now, right? So how do you pin it on him? I haven't watched him individually. I'm sure if A.V. is coming out saying that the reason he basically got cut from the team is because he's a defenseman who doesn't know how to play defense. Obviously, he knows more than I do. But I have a hard time believing that he couldn't help another team right now. And if, if his cap hit were lower, I have no doubt that he, he would be Absolutely. somewhere else right now. Yeah. Also, it's not that he's, I mean, um, Vigneault saying lack of defensive production. He's not saying that about a guy who makes 850, 850,000 right. a year saying that about a guy who makes right now 4.5. So it's mm-hmm. different. Um, I mean, probably if he were making 850, he'd be, you know, the best defenseman on that team. It's you have different expectations. Value wise. Yeah. So, I mean, I like him. I hope he uh, works his way back up. I wouldn't mind if another team picked him up. He's probably going to end up in Seattle. So. Yeah. So I think with the NHL rules, which again are weird. um, I think in a month he's back on the waiver wire. And then after that, he 
is not an NHL player. Just the nature of his contract, he's not on an entry-level deal, so he doesn't have options. They can't keep bringing him back and forth. He's free to sign anywhere in a month um, unless, well, the, team different get, with unless the team and, puts him back on the lineup. Yeah. It's different with COVID and the taxi squad, so. Right. And I don't, I don't know the letter of the law. On those I could schools, read so. it. I could read it all, and I probably still wouldn't understand it. But <laughs> what I do know about it is soon enough, teams are going to have the opportunity to pick them up at $1.8 million or whatever it is, rather than four point five. So we'll see if anything changes at that point. Yeah. Okay. And Another after defense. the deadline, too, that's a big deal. Right. He could be traded as well, which is – we don't even want to talk about that yet, but he could definitely be a target. Um, okay. Panthers defenseman Aaron Ekblad is out 12 weeks. He underwent leg surgery. It looked like his knee, but obviously it's undisclosed. I don't know if you saw the video, Matt. He had an awkward looking injury. He fell backwards and his groin opened up and his left knee sort of bended the wrong way. It wasn't, it wasn't a good bended, bent the wrong way. English is hard. It's been a long day. Yeah, it's been a long day. Um, yeah, it's really awkward, scary. I guess hearing 12 weeks is good news because that puts them back in the lineup in the middle of playoffs, assuming there are no pushbacks at this point. But, um, yeah, it's a tough Wait, situation. Wait, weeks? Three months. So that's June. No, it's July. So that'll July. be during, no during the Stanley Cup final if they're in there. Yeah. No way. Yeah, he so comes back. that likely puts him out for the season. And he's been having a great year, and that's a good team, obviously, that plays well defensively. Uh, so tough news for the Panthers. We're hoping Ekblad does okay. He went on Twitter and thanked everyone for the well wishes, so it seems like he's in good spirits right now. Yeah, I mean, right now they're tied for the uh, division yeah. lead, so that's, that's, that's such a tough – I mean, to me, he's their best defenseman, so. Um, yeah. Yes. That's tough. Okay, let's talk about Connor McDavid because he was fined five thousand dollars, which is the maximum fine for a non-suspendable play. Um, he elbowed Habs forward Jesperi Kotkaniemi. Uh, it was high, hard, late, born of frustration. There was no injury on the play. It wasn't direct contact to the head. Um, I thought it looked vicious. Matt thought it it looked rather innocent. I would I would think that. Like you said, if if Tom Wilson did this, it's 20 games for sure because it was probably a good four or five seconds late. I didn't say it was innocent. Yeah, okay. I said it wasn't that bad of a hit. Now, it was late, but I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt because it's the best, most talented player that's ever put on skates. So it's a little yeah. different. <laughs> um, you know, Ovi spearing that guy, he got nothing. If it were Tom Wilson, he same thing. You got five five K, so yeah, same exact punishment. Yeah. If it were Tom Wilson, he would have been shot in front of the stadium. So right. it's like, um, <laughs> but same thing with if it were Marshan, he would have got shot. So it's like, yeah, right. But I mean, we never see this from McDavid because he's usually just skating by everyone. Yeah, but I believe this is his first fine. They did get routed for nothing last night. Um, yeah, so he was definitely frustrated. Um, he wasn't suspended. I mean, the fine didn't cite any contact to the head, so it just signed. It was just elbowing. Yeah, when you zoom in, it's definitely different. It wasn't that hard a hit, but it was really like just he went out of his way to hit a guy who didn't have the puck, so it just kind of looked bad from the you know the NHL broadcast view. When you get a different angle, it just kind of – and you slow it down. It's just like – I mean, he basically just pushed a guy with his elbow. 
But it was just weird that he went at – maybe they had a history at the beginning of the game. I didn't watch the game. But he just kind of went out of his way to find Kyle Kaniemi and hit him up like in the When I saw place. it, it was like, it's hockey. Like yeah, I know it was like, late, what's, but – What's he doing? But like, It wasn't whatever. like – it wasn't – I'm physically like trying to really hurt this person or injure this person. Yeah. It was like frustration. I see someone. I'm going to lay a hit, which is what hockey is. Other right. than putting the puck in the net, it's like laying bodies. So – whatever yeah whatever is a good way to put it i thought suspendable hit under separate circumstances i mean a five thousand dollar fine to Connor mcdavid is like yeah he makes us, us flipping a quarter you know 10.5 a year so right right okay a couple signings out of the college world cole caulfield from wisconsin signed with montreal spencer knight from bc signed with florida those are two members of the world junior team gold medal winning world junior team Amen. The most highly touted goalie prospect in a very, very long time. Uh, he has a lot of hype around him. So they've all signed for three years entry level. Um, and their clock starts this year, which is an important distinction, Matt, because in baseball, they talk about how they hold prospects back till September all the time because they don't want to start their clock. Because when they do that, they lose options or whatever. It's the same type of thing, but it's a lot more straightforward in the NHL. If you sign a guy after his college season, but before the end of the NHL season, it's a year's worth of getting a guy to play for a million dollars, which is wildly cheap. Um, you're using a year of that on three months. So I have to imagine that both of these guys, the plan is to get them into the lineup as soon as possible. Yeah. I mean, the Bob needs someone to rely on. I don't know right. who uh, Florida's backup goalie is, but I mean – I cannot remember the last time a USA goalie was like this highly touted. Um, the last big name was Carter Hart. And before that was Carey Price. And they're both obviously Canadian. Um, right. So, yeah, I mean, Jonathan Quick, maybe. Um, it's got to be him. Yeah. That was so long before ago. Before him was Ryan Miller. Yeah. Um, like, well, those are really the only two guys. When you th- like, when you John think Gibson. back, John Gibson's the one guy, but he didn't have as much hype as he had a lot. He of de- hype, I mean, he's but he didn't stud, have as much. He didn't, have, he didn't have yeah. that much hype as Spencer, not especially to win two um, junior gold medals in three years. So Spencer Knight's a first round pick and he's a top 15 pick, which is extremely rare for goalers, especially considering like all of the notable goalie draft gaffes that have happened in NHL history where you use a high pick on a goalie and it doesn't pan out because Goalies are, I mean, I couldn't judge goalie talent. And it's so hard is the point. It's unbelievably hard to project the way a goalie is going to play at the next level. Um, and he, they're taking a big risk on him, not only drafting him that high, but then putting him um, on contract for this year. Uh, I expect to see him soon in a Florida Panthers uniform, which I'm now, excited about. I want to throw this out. Um, and I hate to like just, Disregard Cole Caulfield because he's a stud. But, yeah, he deserves it as well. Yeah. Um, expansion draft, you can only protect one goal. Mm. So you sign Spencer Knight <laughs> to let him go to Seattle? Like, what? Wow. As an entry level, too. Wow. The other thing of that is, Matt, they can only pick two goalies from the entry draft, and they're probably only going to pick one. So why would they use it on Spencer Knight? You know? I mean, from Florida, though. You, you, they're probably going to pick uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. Yeah, or Robin Leonard, whichever one. Or Robin Leonard. And yeah. then why wouldn't you – like, say you pick Fleury, back him up with Spencer Knight, 
You're talking about a first yeah. ballot Hall of Famer in the same room with the most promising prospect <laughs> in a while, right? Yeah, like wow. that's Vegas, the dream scenario. So Vegas only took one. Um, I don't believe they expansion drafted Malcolm Subban. If they did, no that way. was a huge mistake. It was a huge mistake. I think they just signed. No, him. they got um, Holland Miller from you guys, right? Yeah, but Subban, Malcolm Subban hasn't been a Bruin for a while. He definitely wasn't at that point. Um, okay. So I think they just signed him off of an AHL squad. Uh, but, yeah, that doesn't mean that they that Seattle might not use two of their 31 picks on goaltenders. They easily could. It's just so yeah, it's it's interesting, interesting to, to think hmm. about. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and Cole Caulfield, just to give him his due. He's expected to be in the lineup, I think, tonight. He's supposed to step in almost immediately. He was a stud at Wisconsin. He was great and in the Montreal's tournament. Montreal's playing well. He's a puck hound. He's so fun to watch because he's just a puck hound. He comes out of the, every single corner with the puck. Yeah, and he was great, great in the in the uh, World Junior Tournament. So I'm excited for him at the next level. Done. Speaking okay. of Canada. Nice. Um, Game of the week, the Scotiabank North Division. That's their sponsor, right? Scotiabank? Yep. yep. Um, Toronto at Winnipeg. Toronto has struggled of late, um, four, five, and one in their last 10. And they now could give up the division lead that they've held on to uh, for months now to Winnipeg if they lose tonight. And then they also play them on Friday. So. Yeah. That's yeah, the, uh, Jets, the Jets on a tear right now. They're super hot and they make their first appearance, I think, of the year in the in the power rankings, which we'll get into right now. Um, I'll just read down the list and then because we talk about some of these teams every single week. Hold just, up. I think uh, Winnipeg sweeps. All right. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Winnipeg sweeps. All right. Also, yeah. Um you proved us right. I was like, I'm going to pick Colorado to sweep. You were <laughs> like, I'm picking Vegas to sweep because we all know they're going to split. Colorado won the first game like six to two. Yeah. And then Vegas won the next one and they split. So, okay. So I'm going to say they split, but Toronto wins tonight. <laughs> all right. Okay. Um, I'm just going to read down the list, Matt, and then we're going to talk about some of the things that we don't talk about a lot because we just talk about the same teams and say the same things every week. Yep. Okay. Uh, these power rankings are from Emily Kaplan, our friend from ESPN. Number one is Tampa Bay. Number two is Vegas. Three um, is Toronto. Four, Carolina. Five, Florida Panthers. Six, New York Islanders. Seven, Caps. Eight, Bruins. Nine, Blues. And 10, Winnipeg. Let us start with, I guess we'll start with the Maple Leafs because as we la- as we left it last time, that they were slumping and they seem to have found their game again, which is why they're back up in the rankings. Yeah, uh, one and one is Tampa, two is Vegas. Not a surprise at all. No. Um, although Tampa could lose the division lead if they slip up because Florida's coming. Um, yeah, t- Toronto's their talent's so good. Austin Matthews might score fifty goals, mm-hmm. um, but they're four, five, and one in the last ten. To put them at three is like that's that's high. Um, but are we? Again, are we going on like what they've proven, where they where they're going, or what they did in the last week? 
Yeah. Um, and that's the argument we have with ourselves it's every year long question. Yeah. Um, so, but they'll be fine uh, until they get to the first round and then they won't score any goals when it matters, which is typical Toronto fashion. Yeah, exactly. They're going to lose in the first round. I, not a doubt in my mind that they're going to lose in the first round. I'll, well, the first round they play the teams they've been beaten up on. So it's true. It's true. Okay. Four is Carolina. They're very hot right now. Uh, mighty dangerous, says Emily Kaplan. Agreed. I got nothing to say on that. Yeah, they got two games in hand over Florida, one game in hand over Tampa, and they're only one point behind both of those teams. Um, six, two, and two in their last 10. I freaking, I hate that I have to dislike this team because of but their. They started like, it, yeah. <laughs> they started their rivalry day or whatever, not adding the caps, but. I love Rob Rendemore as a coach. He's such like an intense guy, but he's a player's guy. Um, and he and plays the role really well. after the David Ayers outing too, remember that? It was such an awesome yeah. speech. Yeah. yeah. So um, I hate that I have to dislike this team, but they're so good. And they're yeah, so good yeah. for hockey in the South. So Agreed. So more hockey in the South. Let's talk about Florida, who just lost their number one defenseman, the Florida Panthers. Uh, I mean, you have to expect a slip from them. That's a huge, huge loss. They need guys like Keith Yandel to step up now. Um, I mean, he's one of the better underrated defensive defensemen in the league is Vincent Trocek. So a huge loss for them. Vincent Trocek, who am I talking about? Trocek, yeah. Well, Trocek is not one, not a defenseman. And two, he got traded to Carolina last season. Right. But, um, well, it's because I just read his name in the, in the yeah. thing. Aaron um, Eckblad is who I was talking about. Yeah, Florida will be fine. Uh, yeah, I, I because that so division, well. that division is so these four teams are making it. The yeah, other four heavy. suck. Um, well, we just had um, the Preds sneak into the playoff picture, and they dethroned Chicago, who sat in that spot for a while. So I think the fourth spot in that division is going to be a very tight race. But Tampa, Florida, and Carolina are untouchable. Yeah, and the, as it looks right now, the Red Wings, Dallas, and Columbus are out for sure. Yep. So, but yeah, the Preds are eight and two in their last ten. Um, it's crazy. Definitely. Speaking of Columbus, there are calls for Tortorella's head, but that's a conversation for a different day. I mean, dude, what what he's done with literally no talent. Yeah. is insane. I mean, for the past three seasons. I get this two ideologies. It's, do you need a hard reset? I think 100% you need a hard reset in Columbus. They have no momentum. But he's done as best as he can there. So it's kind of hard to say he deserves to be fired because he doesn't. But at the same time, I fully understand and honestly agree with the idea of when you rebuild, you want a new coach to do it. So I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, send them to Seattle. Actually, so true. I want to happen now. Okay, New York Islanders, hottest team in hockey, other than probably the Washington Capitals, who are wildly low on this list, in my opinion. Um, but, yeah, the Islanders, super hot. They refuse to lose to the Bruins. They're 3-0. No, they're 5-0, and and we're 3-0-3-2 against them. So, uh, I would argue that they're not the hottest team in hockey. Um, and for some reason – the hottest team in hockey isn't on this. Is this last week's list? What is going on right now? It came on nine hours ago. Um, Emily, I love you, but you're slacking here. 
Um, yeah, the Islanders are good. Uh, they're going to make the playoffs, no problem. Um, and the East is top, the top four heavy, too. The Flyers are slacking really bad. Um, the Rangers were hot, but now they're not anymore. Yeah, yeah. They've been 500 the past few games. So. Um, the Devils are a dumpster fire, and the Sabres are a dumpster fire. So, mm-hmm. And the Bruins are that fourth team, like, gatekeeping. And then the Penguins, Islanders, and Caps are all way ahead of everyone else. So. Right. The Bruins have a ton of games ahead. I'm not saying that as in they're going to catch the rest, but I am saying that as in it looks like them in Philadelphia are on par right now, but I don't think it's even close. It's going to be weird tomorrow because D.C. plays uh, the Island um, in baseball. Mets Nats opening day and Islanders caps play tomorrow. So we're going to see how that we all stack up, but I'm going to be wearing my Mets Mike Piazza Jersey tomorrow for opening day. And then I'm going to have to switch uh, to the caps Jersey when it comes on. Cause I'm not wearing blue and orange for the caps game. Yeah. So speaking of the caps, they're at seven um, really low for us considering we've won 14 out of 17 and eight and two in our last 10. And we lead the division, but that's all I got to say about that. Okay, Boston, I'll keep it quick on them, too. Um, I think 4-1-1 one, and one in their last six, which is encouraging, but they slumped pretty hard before that. So if they can keep the momentum, I'll feel very confident about them going into the playoffs. If they have to fight for a playoff spot, um, I'll be worried. I'll leave it at that. Right, yeah, now, I mean, won- I'm, right now, I'm at a lukewarm worriness with them. They've won two in a row. Plus, Nick Ritchie is right now y'all's best player, uh, which is crazy to say. Ten, ten goals this year. Yeah. Okay, St. Louis Blues. Tarasenko's made a comeback. Um, I don't know how he's playing, honestly. I haven't been paying attention to them that much. Okay. Uh, uh, they're always sort of in there. Two, five, and three in their last ten. How are they in the top ten? Who knows, but let's talk about the real. They've lost four in a row. Yeah. That's tough. I think you got to drop them out. Okay, let's talk about the team that's really making the most ground right now as we speak. It's the Winnipeg Jets, who tonight after this episode releases, or during while this episode probably releases, they have a chance to pass Toronto Maple Leafs, who everyone assumed um, probably two, three weeks ago that they would run away and win that division by 10 or more points. But Winnipeg on a tear right now, and it's because they got rid of Patrick Laine, I will – die on that hill and i don't even hate patrick line i say this almost every episode i don't hate patrick line um but i think he stinks all right um the one i mean i have a lot of criticism criticisms about this list but the one the biggest one is the fact that my claimed number two team didn't even make the top 10 and they're eight oh and two in their last 10 the colorado avalanche are killing it right now. Um, yeah. 22-8-4 and four in the season. I mean, what? they're only a point behind Vegas, who is put at two. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know what – Emily, I don't know what you're doing, but – And I usually like her list. I usually agree with them. That's just, she's typically pretty good. I don't know. Maybe she just, like, recycled the old list for this week. But... I don't know, but Colorado should definitely be definitely. on that. And they also have – they should be up there too, I would say. Dude, they have the best goal differential in the league. Yeah. Even over Tampa. And they're 8 0 2 in their last 10. Come on. Come on, Emily. 
Yeah, so it's it's different issues with them than normal. They're getting all, scoring from all directions this year, but they got to defend better. All right, Sabres Flyers. Do they even, I don't think they even do have to defend better because they're playing great right now. Sabres Flyers puck drop five minutes ago, still 0-0. Uh, as we're talking right now, Jets, Maple Leafs tied at zero, puck drop two minutes ago. Come on, Philly. I want the Sabres to break the record. Everyone gets fired. Fire yeah. from that team. <laughs> I need I go out of that prison. At the same time, though, yeah, okay, so maybe not Philly. I want the first win that the Sabres have to be against a team that really needs to win, you know? So, like, hopefully it's in, like, 20 games. And somebody's fighting, like clawing for a playoff spot, and they absolutely have to win. And they lose hey, to a team that's hey, lost thirty-two eat your, games. Don't eat your words because it's going to be right us, now. So the no. Bruins are it's going to be fourth, us. and Philly and, is only. And we got to play them six times before the season's over. So I mean, we I get hope... to we get to play them six times because we should win all six games or at least five of them. But yeah, you said that yesterday on the way to golf. You're like, we get six free wins essentially, but. I'm going to eat um, words on that for sure. Oh, for sure. Philly's going to claw I think back. That's something, need those wins. I think that's definitely something to think about when you talk about games in hand. It's A lot of these games in hand are against the worst team ever. Which not the, have, they, have to be in the, they have to be in the conversation now, right? Dude, if they lose out, they're the worst team ever in a shortened season in a league that the 1974 Capitals existed. <laughs> And but, the teams they're losing to are the ones they see every week. So they could, like, try to develop a game plan on them, right? It's not like they're <laughs> just driving around city to city being surprised by every team they, they get to. I do want to point out that they have, like, three overtime losses during this losing streak. The <laughs> longest losing streak without a single point still goes to the 74 Washington Caps at 18 – or 17, so – at least they've gotten three points in this losing. Oh three. man! Okay. Oh nine right, and one in the last ten. Wow. That's all I got. If you would have told me that the Red Wings wouldn't be the worst team in the league at the trade deadline, would you have agreed? And it wouldn't me? even, and you'd be so wrong if you said that too, because it's not even close. Dude, they're only eleven points out of the playoffs, and they suck. Which is so much too. Um. Yeah, the Sabers are twenty four. <laughs> um. Wow, dude. They have a two fifty. I need I go out of there. They get points in a quarter of their games. Okay, I mean, that'll do it for today. Anyway, yeah. All right, we'll see y'all next week. Thanks we'll so much for tuning uh, in. Trade rumors. Um, and we'll see y'all later.